Welcome to The Passion Factor, pursuing a career in human rights in conjunction with Human Rights Pulse. In this podcast series, we interview human rights professionals with a story to tell about their career and calling in the human rights sector. Today's guest is Janki Patel. Janki completed her law degree at Nottingham University in 2017 and went on to take a master's degree in human rights from University College London where she graduated with merit in 2018. I met Janky last year when she worked with me for six months as a programme and policy intern at Penal Reform International here in London. Janky, welcome to The Passion Factor, pursuing a career in human rights. Hi Vicky, thanks very much for having me on your podcast. Really excited to be here today. It's great to, to have you here. So, for starters, Tell me and, and our listeners a little bit more about yourself. Sure. Um, so I was born and brought up in Kenya, which I think fueled my passion to work in human rights and social justice work. I went on to study law at the University of Nottingham, where I also found that I was interested in human rights and decided to, to pursue a master's in the same discipline at UCL. I volunteered with the Howard League at university and after graduating interned with Vicky at Penal Reform International. My most recent role is working with the Global Initiative to End All Corporal Punishment of Children, where I undertake advocacy work. That's, that's great. So, sort of taking a, a step back there, you just sort of mentioned it there. What, where did it all start for you in terms of the, of the human rights work? What, what sparked your interest in, in working in human rights? Thanks, Vicky. That's a great question. Um, as I mentioned, I think it was my upbringing in Kenya. I grew up acutely aware of my privilege and how fortunate I was to have the opportunities that I did in terms of education, healthcare, housing, and it motivated me to want to make a difference in this world. Uh, whilst I was in school, I voluntarily taught English in Thailand and Vietnam over two consecutive summers. I also volunteered in a children's home in Nairobi for HIV positive babies. This experience, coupled with my further education, really made me realise that I wanted a career that would make a real difference in this world and motivated me to want to work in human rights. Yeah, that's great. And I mean, clearly it's been a, um, a driver and a, and a force for you sort of well, for quite a long time. I mentioned there in the, the outset that, that you studied um, for a master's degree in human rights. And for many of those people listening, they might be thinking, should I take a master's degree in human rights? Would it help me in, in my human rights career? How do you think um, doing a master's degree has helped you specifically and, and as a sort of uh, jumping off board or um, as a, as a stepping stone to pursuing a career in human rights? So I think firstly, my motivation to want to pursue a master's came from my undergraduate degree. I found that I touched on the surface of human rights and really felt that I wanted to learn more and delve into the issue further. I was especially eager to learn more about international human rights and policy and found that a master's would really help me in that way. Um, in terms of whether it's helped me to secure positions, I would say definitely it has. It's allowed me to specialize on an issue and has given me an edge in my job applications. I've also noticed that there are positions that will ask for a master's or will specify that it is highly beneficial. So in that respect, having a master's degree has really helped me. Um, having said that, I really do think that learning is a continuous process, and I believe that it never really stops. 
Having finished my master's two years ago, I think it's still important to look at online courses and further learning resources online. At this point in time, I'm registered on two courses on Future Learn, and I'm looking at Making Change Happen, a course by Oxfam, and a course on Are Prisons a Suitable Punishment from the University of Exeter. Um, so I think there are lots of opportunities to learn online in addition to also pursuing a master's. I think you've definitely picked up on two really important points there. That firstly, a lot of um, human rights positions now actually ask specifically for an advanced degree in human rights or um, international law um, with, a, with a human rights element there. So we have to sort of think about that. But also that really um, important point about sort of the ongoing learning piece that, that it doesn't stop just when you've done your master's degree, that there's always time and always the possibility of, of it improving and increasing your, your knowledge on, on the human rights area. And that, that's a continuous process. And you've reminded me that I should be signing up for some courses as well myself now too. So moving a little bit away from the, the sort of strict, let's say, sort of classic educational side, um, thinking of, of those people who want to, to start out in human rights, uh, in a human rights career, what do you think are the important skills and qualities um, needed to work in the, in the sector? Um, and, and indeed, what skills or qualities would you encourage those who are listening to this podcast to develop and grow um, to have a, a fruitful and, and positive career in it? And I, yeah. Thanks, Vicky. I think that really important skills and qualities to have to work in this field is to firstly be really passionate about what you're working on, to be really determined on the cause and to really feel strongly about the human rights issue that you feel that you want to work on. Um, I also think it's really important to have excellent communication skills, to build strong working relationships with your colleagues, to enable you to network with stakeholders in the field and to liaise with people both in person and over the online. Um, I think strong advocacy skills are essential and the ability to persuade other people. Um, I found that research skills are also essential in this field and I found that I've been able to develop my research skills through both my work experience and my degrees. In terms of advice to listeners, I would really encourage them to possibly learn another language, a foreign language, possibly one of the United Nations um, languages, which are Arabic, Chinese, French, Russian, Spanish and English. I really think that this can open up doors to job opportunities and give you the ability to live and work abroad. In terms of developing skills, I think that there are, as I mentioned, really great online resources to learn new skills and software should you need it for a particular job. I found LinkedIn Learning, Future Learn, and edX just some of the very useful platforms online where you can learn new skills. That, that's great and a, a very, very kind of rich shopping list there of, of things that, that, that people can think about in terms of, of building up that sort of tangible skill set and I would definitely uh, support you there in terms of, of that whole package of, of soft skills, those advocacy skills, those research skills, writing skills are all critical for I think any part of the of the human rights well-being in, in, in any bit of that, that human rights world. And then what you were saying at the beginning there about having the passion for this work because we are going to be dealing with difficult things as human rights professionals, either bearing witness to that, uh, taking testimony from survivors of torture or sexual violence, but also perhaps hearing that secondhand. So it's important that we have that kind of innate passion and, and commitment to, to social justice work. So moving 
to sort of the, the work that you have done so far in the human rights sector and I'm aware that you're just starting out in in the human rights world there we work together at you know reform international um in the policy team when you were a policy intern so perhaps you can just share a little bit more about your role there and also um your general thoughts or wider thoughts about undertaking an internship with the human rights organization and i say that because so many opportunities in the human rights sector start with a pro bono opportunity or start with an internship so what value do you think these can bring to you thanks vicky I really enjoyed working with you at PRI and I really think that experience is very important. Uh, some of the things that I was doing at PRI, I was research, I was conducting research and drafting for their annual flagship report, the Global Prison Trends. Um, I looked at areas such as health and looked at how women and children in incarceration are affected. I helped organise expert meetings at PRI's head office in London for a mental health guide for prison staff. And I was also in charge of organising logistics for PRI's biggest week of the year, which is at the United Nations Crime Commission in Vienna. I represented PRI at this commission, and I also helped coordinate um, side events, speakers and registration for this event. In terms of my thoughts on interning, I think that it really is valuable experience and exposure to working in the human rights field. I couldn't stress more that internships are not the traditional idea of photocopying and making coffees. I really do vouch for human rights internships where you work on real tangible products, projects, sorry, and really have great experience in work, learning how things work in the NGO field. I think it's an important stepping stone in, as such. I do acknowledge it is a shame that a large proportion of these internships are unremunerated and this can often be a barrier. But in terms of the experience that you get and the value that this adds to this your CV, I cannot stress their importance enough. It's, it's great to hear that, that you think there is value in doing it because um, like you, uh, I, am, I have concerns that, that many internships are not really remunerated. And I think we have to kind of change that and change that quickly. Um, but they do give a lot of experience and, and value for those people who are just starting out. So tell us what you're doing now in terms of, of human rights work. Great, thanks. Um, so my most recent role was at the Global Initiative to End All Corporal Punishment of Children. Um, in this position, I conducted legal analysis of UN treaty body sessions and monitored the issue of corporal punishment in every state and territory in the world, which we then updated our country reports on the legality of corporal punishment. I also drafted blogs and pages for the website. Um, most recently, I wrote a piece for International Women's Day, where I looked at the intersection of violence against women and violence against children. I was in charge of managing their social media pages and sending out newsletters, and I also represented GI at external events. Um, I'd like to mention that I'll be shortly starting a new job that I'm very excited about. I will be working with one small thing, a criminal justice organization based here in the UK that strive for positive change in the justice system by implementing small changes in a big way. And I'm really looking forward to the new challenges of working with them and the exciting projects um, that one small thing is part of. And, and certainly I, I wish you lots of luck for, for that as well. It's a great organization from, from what I hear. So 
thinking a little bit about sort of support that you can get when you when you are starting out in the human rights sector and we hear a lot about mentorship and and having somebody who can sort of walk alongside you as you start out in in the human rights sector um what do you think about mentorship as a as a concept as an idea um and um to sort of for, for, for being a positive force and, and helping you as you start on your way so i'd really like to take this opportunity to first thank you vicky for all your help and advice in paving the way in my human rights career. I owe a lot to your help and I'm very grateful. In that respect, I think mentors are invaluable and really important to build relationships with people that you think are able to mentor you and to help you in your career and in navigating human rights in general. I think mentors provide information and knowledge and they can see areas of improvement. They are trusted advisors and can really help show you new opportunities. I really think that human rights can be a tricky field to navigate and to find a way in. And having said that, it's really important to have any help and guidance that you can find. And I think mentors provide this essential stepping stone in helping you pave your way in human rights. Oh, thank you. And it's been great to kind of work with you and help you as you start out. And I think there's also something around mentors at different stages of your careers as well. So having a mentor at mid-level, senior level, who can perhaps um, dive in and help you with particular things, so around confidence, around getting that promotion, and perhaps also having not only one mentor, but a sort of a little team of mentors who you can go to for different things. Um, definitely, I, I think different mentors can, can give you different pieces of advice and support you in different ways. I suppose that kind of brings on to a little bit more around how how do you break into the human rights sector and something that is always a little bit counterintuitive to us or doesn't feel quite right is that whole piece around networking. Um, networking is really important in any sector, but I would say it's very important in the human rights sector. And I wanted to ask you how you think networking has helped you so far in terms of securing the, the human rights positions that you have. And indeed, any tips and advice that you can offer to our listeners about how to go about networking in a way that feels comfortable to, to, to them. Thanks. So I think networking has really helped me build relationships with stakeholders in the human rights field. It's pointed me to new job opportunities and it has meant that when I attend events in the human rights field, I find that I'm familiar with certain people and I'm able to learn more about projects going on in the human rights sector. In terms of my advice, in, I would say first and foremost, join membership organisations. Um, there's some really good ones out there, for example, the Howard League or Justice. This can be a great way to find out latest developments in the human rights sector, to learn about conferences and events going on near you, which is a great opportunity to meet people in the sector. I'd also recommend looking at events on Eventbrite and finding things as per your interest, of course, after COVID-19 has recovered. Um, in the current circumstances, I would recommend listeners to reach out to people on LinkedIn and to really find out people working in certain organisations or fields that you're interested in and to have the courage to reach out to them and ask for an informal chat or possibly an informational interview about the position you're interested in or to really to learn more about their experiences of how they got to where they were 
um, I think that's a really great opportunity to use LinkedIn to meet new people and to learn from them, especially during the current circumstances. I would definitely you know, agree with you on that last point around LinkedIn. And um, for the past few months, as we've been in lockdown, I have been using LinkedIn um, a lot and doing exactly as you've been suggesting, writing to people who I don't know um, and introducing myself to them and asking for that all important informational chat. And on the whole, people have been responsive and receptive. Um, as long as you kind of get your messaging right and that you're not asking for a job as such, but just for a chat about their current priorities, what they're working on, I think it goes a long way. So making those all important ties um, now are, are important and sort of front loading for, for future work. So to, to wrap up, um, this podcast, as you know, is, is really to help people who are looking to start out in their human rights careers, who are thinking that it's an interesting area. Um, so what, I suppose, are your sort of top tips, if you like, um, and advice to offer for our listeners? Thanks. I think that my top tips would be to get involved from the very start. Um, there are lots of volunteering opportunities available. If you're at university, I'd highly recommend joining societies such as Model United Nations, Amnesty International or the Pro Bono Society. Whether you are at university or not, there are always opportunities to volunteer with charities and NGOs. And in the current climate, there are also some options to be work to volunteer remotely or this can also be done during your holidays. I'd really say it's important to build up your work experience from the very get-go. And as mentioned previously, internships can be a really helpful way of doing this and to really learn the ins of working in human rights through first-hand experience with a charity or NGO. Um, I was, as mentioned also, joining membership organisations can be really important. There are often discounted rates available for students and those looking for employment. So there are accessible options too. And this can give you lots of information of what's going on around you. I would recommend signing up to mailing lists. This is a really essential way that organisations get information out. And is also an important way of advertising job opportunities, as well as following accounts on social media, looking at any organization or anybody that you are interested in on all social media platforms, I would really recommend that you do that. And in the current COVID climate, I think that there are loads of webinars online and opportunities to get involved and to learn. And a fantastic way to find out about this is through mailing lists and on social media. And I'd really recommend that listeners use this time to really take stock and learn more about what is happening in the world. No, definitely. Those are, those are fantastic pieces of advice, and particularly the webinar. Every week now, you could be sitting, attending a webinar every, every day of the week. I mean, um, and I've certainly been, been trying to do that. And particularly for those of people who are listening, who are kind of beginning to think about that particular area that they're interested in, be it women, or girl, women and girls, or um, refugees and asylum seekers, try to sort of, you know, uh, attend those webinars in, in those areas that interest you and build up your knowledge, become a little bit of a, a mini expert in, in that area. The, the opportunities, as you say, are out there at the moment and so many opportunities. So with that, um, I would like to just say thank you for taking time out to speak to me today. Um, it has been a real pleasure. Um, and I really wish you a lot of luck with your new position at One Small Thing. Um, thank you, Vicky.
Thanks for listening to The Passion Factor, pursuing a career in human rights. If you like what you've heard, please feel free to follow us on Human Rights Pulse, on Twitter, at PulseHuman, or Instagram, on Human Rights Pulse. If you'd like to know more about me, Vicky Praise, feel free to follow me on Twitter, at Vicky Praise, on LinkedIn, or my website, vickypraise.com. I'm always looking for interesting guests with a story to tell about their own human rights journey. If that's you, please get in touch. I'd love to hear from you.